0: We want to produce a tool to help clinicians and patients taking decision in real-world clinical practice. And these algorithms are a huge business because everywhere you go, we have something like a web uh, base uh, or an app or something to help. I think the unique selling point of our NHR project is that we start from the evidence, so using the individual patient data from all antidepressant trials and analyzing them in a network meta-analysis, we will be able to identify the effect modifiers and prognostic factors that can tell us whether someone is more likely to respond to a specific intervention. The second component is to combine the information from the randomized data with information from observational data which means high quality observational studies but also all the real world registries like creis or q research in this country for instance and also from other countries because the underlying idea is that if something is true at the individual at the randomized evidence it should be also true in real world in observational data and the other advantage of observational data is that you have the long-term data, follow-up, and also you can see the trajectory where patients go across different settings. So I see patients in uh, my outpatient clinic, but it's, it's nice to see whether these patients then are admitted or sectioned or whether they, how many uh, appointments and visits they have over time. So this is the great resource of the observational data. And the third dimension is patient preferences. So the idea is to incorporate in the algorithm what people really think about specific side effects.
1: So paint a picture for us of how that would work in clinical practice. Like I've got a GP with somebody who's just presented who's been diagnosed with... Before. So okay. You before. So
0: you see that you have... Um, so when the patient arrives um, to, the, to the surgery, I mean, they are given an iPad... So they answer a few questions, so before the GP can see the patient, because time matters, they have only 10 minutes consultation, the patient in the waiting room can score the mood, for instance, or um, take the, the medication they are taking, all this kind of background information. So when they go and see the, uh, the GP and they, during the consultation, they both decide that a treatment is indicated, because it's not automatic, Then, on the screen of the computer, you can input all the data and see the different options ranked, uh, one against the other. And uh, then you can not only see visually which is the most likely, the treatment which is most likely to work, but also how big are the differences. Because if you simply rank the treatments, first, second and third, you don't know how big is the, first, the difference between the first and the second. But if you have a ranking of treatments and you can see how big are the differences, then the, uh, the choice is informed by more robust data. So the idea is to present on the screen, which is the ranking of the antidepressant for this specific patient in terms of age, gender, uh, number of previous episodes, severity of illness, previous treatments, all this kind. So your ranking is different from my ranking. And with this visual representation, we can discuss which is the best treatment. Because if you don't want nausea, that's the ranking. If you don't want uh, sexual dysfunction. The ranking is completely different, and then we can choose which is the best treatment.
1: And how is kind of patient preference in terms of? Yes, I remember when I went to IAPT when I was depressed. I was given this kind of um, leaflet which listed all the different therapies. You know, uh, group therapy, mindfulness, and individual CBT and psychodynamic, et cetera, et cetera. It was a very unusual IAPT service. Mm. They were piloting this new stuff, um, and I looked at all this with a kind of evidence-based perspective and I say well I don't want that because there's no evidence for it you know which most patients don't have but most patients do have a sense of I don't want to have group therapy or I don't want to talk about my parents or whatever it might be how are those kinds of preferences woven into the tool or are they?
0: No they are, they are absolutely it's, it's very important because all these um, I can say uh, characteristics of the intervention are uh, incorporated in the algorithm so we are running a parallel project with psychological treatments and of course whether it's individual or it's group, uh, how frequent it is, the dose, I mean it's 30 minutes, is it an hour, is it internet delivery, is it face-to-face, all this has to be taken into account. For drugs is less complicated because it's more about the side effect profile, uh, the interactions, but the idea is to have a sort of platform where we now have the data about trials, observational studies and preferences, but the platform should be ready to incorporate genetics information, so which is my profile in terms of enzymes, in terms of metabolism, or imaging, because we have a lot of data with the UK Biobank. So the, the idea is to build on this and create something which is very uh, personal. But in the end, the choice is with the patient and the clinician. They have to share the decision.
1: Just thinking about the question that I asked you before, we're asking it specifically for this Oxford conference. What excites you most about the future of mental health research and your work in Oxford?
0: I'm really excited about the possibility of this large data sets of big data because uh, we can explore dimensions that at the moment are completely unknown. And I also like the idea of collecting real world uh, information about clinically meaningful outcomes in a passive way, not having to ask patients to do something actively because it's somehow biased but something that doesn't require any intervention or artefact. Oxford is the best place to do this kind of stuff because uh, the people working here, the facilities here, the the vision of the department is amazing because we are far ahead everywhere else in the world and I think the synergy and the collaborative way of working in Oxford in this department is also um, fuel for new ideas and trying to overcome all the barriers we have in clinical practice. And also a very important component of Oxford, which I never, I haven't seen anywhere else, is How important is the ethical issues and involvement of uh, patients in the design of the studies and in the complexity, avoiding a simplistic answer to the question, but trying to identify what is relevant for patients, with the patient, with an ethically sound approach, with the best researchers in the world and the best technology.
1: Well, that's an advert for (laughs) Oxford, definitely.